If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying. Is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted. Is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the success report. The success report. Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all. You are listening to The Sixth Sense Report with your boy Darnell. And Joel. Uh, Today we got a special episode for you guys. Special in that it it was coming. It was inevitable before we hit this point. Politics. Well, and season two starting. Oh, season two? Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, right. Season two. Oh, yeah. Who would have thought? Uh, I know, right? Yeah, I feel like I said, I feel like a rapper, man. Yeah. You know, just sophomore album. And I'm just hoping that people. That you don't drop the ball? Right. Yeah. Cause it's sophomore <laughs> jinx, right? So, oh. you know, when you drop the second album, you got to be. Yeah. We uh, talk about that in uh, hockey, sophomore slump. Oh, no, no, not, oh. not here. Hockey, not here. I mean, in oh. NHL, but. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get this party started quick. Uh, so. We're dealing with politics. The reason why we wanted to do an episode on politics was that, well, it's going to be a two-part. It's going to be a two-part episode. So this episode is called Principles Over Politics. And then the second part is Principles Over Platforms or Principles Over Parties. And based on the election coming up for people in Ontario. Yeah, we just want to break down how we think about things. And also, but also to empower people to navigate the political sphere, because let's be honest, people hate politics. It could be daunting. So we want to inspire people um, and inform people how to navigate that by defining principles as opposed to um, Politics. politics. Yeah. I mean, I think there's this ridiculous level of party affiliation or identity politics yeah oh i'm in this camp and therefore regardless of what the policy is i just agree with it right okay why should you vote um you shouldn't no i'm kidding um i think it's a great question because many people are just starting to feel like it doesn't make a difference Right? Like, why should I vote? It doesn't matter. I'm still going to get screwed. <laughs> right, right. Uh, for me, it was Donald Trump because he's totally changed the whole game in regards to how we view it. He's angered a lot of people, a lot of polarized people. Mm-hmm. And for those people who said, oh, voting doesn't matter. I don't care. But I hate Trump. I'm like, but did you vote? No. Okay. Well, then <laughs> shut up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So <laughs> it's that point where you're like, okay, wow. Remember when when watching CNN and seeing all the people crying when when he was elected was hilarious to me. Uh, sorry, I have a sixth sense of humor. I find funny in people's folly, uh, but it was seeing a turning point in history where people were like, man, like this is serious. We should have voted. You know, even, yeah, it was, it was pretty deep. So at that point, even as Canadians now, we know a lot about what's happening over there. We don't know a lot of what's happening in our own backyard. And I think that's flat out embarrassing. 
Yeah, I think me. most people don't even understand how voting really works. Like, I mean, look at the U.S. scenario. How many people are calling for Hillary to win because she won the popular vote? Mm-hmm. It's like, do you not understand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're not even a democracy. You're a republic. Right. We're, like, we're a democracy. And again, we don't have popular vote. That's not how it works. So I think um, there's a level of education on should you vote? Well, understand how your vote's even going to be used or, yeah. or what you're voting for. Right. So we're going to give you a breakdown of that, just a quick brief breakdown of Canada versus the U.S. and that system. Right. So the Canadian system is a federal state or federalism. So Canada has many different levels of government that share power with each other. So there's three major levels of government. There's the federal level, uh, the government of all Canada, which has a prime minister. So it, it takes care of serious crimes, murder, theft, etc., cetera, uh, military, coins, paper money, relationships uh, with other s- countries, and citizenship. And then the second level is provincial. So that is the 10 governments of Canada's provinces, and they have, that has a premier, and they take care of the schools, hospitals, oil, gas, electricity, highways, buses, and bridges. And then finally, there's the municipal, which is the city, the city level, and that's the hundreds of governments running Canada's cities. So that has a mayor at the top, and then... Uh, they take care of the garbage collection, library, sewers, property construction, regulation of businesses. So from a voting perspective, really your uh, municipal election is the only time it's really a popular vote. And generally you vote twice, once for the councillor in your local, and then the, the who you think is going to be the mayor as well. So okay. for the whole... Uh, writing. The word, the word writing. The yeah. So, writing. I mean, so define that. Ridings generally are more used on the provincial or and federal level, whereas I know in Mississauga, we have wards. Like we have 11 wards, 11 councillors. Um, it's just, I mean, essentially, I would say the wards and ridings are similar in that they're just a geographical um, boundary. And your vote, so on both provincial and federal level, is just electing the party for your riding. Um, and then whoever has the most ridings, whether provincial or federal, that's who the, you know, premier or prime minister, depending on which level we're talking about, um, that's who's going to win. So it's really about which government has the, mo- or which party has the most ridings. And if you don't have over 50%, you essentially have to create relationships with a secondary party to have a majority government. Right. I would add to that. So I hope you guys are taking notes because there's a test at the end of this episode. Right. So I hope I pass. (laughs) No, well, you know, this is good because uh, for guys like me who skipped civics, you know, to go to the cafeteria to play dominoes and eat sugar twist donuts, uh, I'm paying for it now. So, <laughs> so I had to be crabbing for the episode. I'm like, ah, oh, this is why it will skip class. So basically, there's like 338 
well, Canada is divided up into 338 sections, and each section represents a party. So, so there's like the three the three big parties are the Liberal, NDP, co- NDP, Conservatives, and the Conservatives. NDP, uh, the New De- Democratic, Democratic Party. So, basically, each area that we all each area is divided up into 338 sections, and each one is represented. By a MP, yeah, an MP, yeah. right. So at that point, you're basically voting for the main person who's going to represent you. Represent. Uh, you. I mean, I would say that the interesting thing is, you know, this the number of ridings arguably hasn't really changed, even though the population has become what 10 times yeah 50 times the size and so now one person is arguably representing an unquantifiable number of people yeah but i so, mean, I mean but that, not, that that's that yeah, that's no, here there down. in but regards that they could that's, that's for re- election reform but for the house of commons is made up of 338 seats and that covers the whole of canada so you're kind of voting for your guy to represent you in the House of Commons. And then provincially similar, different, you know, right. without and then, getting into the nuances. Right. And, but then, and then across Canada, what ends up happening is, let's say, uh, well, what happened was the, the Liberal Party. The Liberal Party had more votes than everybody else or more representatives from the 338 writings. writings. So now... They That's all... the main party, and the leader of that party becomes the prime minister, and that is Justin Trudeau. Yeah. So, um, when you go to vote, the question of should I vote, I mean, look at your riding. If you're in a riding that's 90% NDP, it doesn't matter whether you vote. Like, you're not going to change the, even if you're an NDP supporter. You voting, you already know the NDP is getting in. So, you know, I think I'm not trying to say don't go vote because you already know who's going to win, but it's important to understand. I mean, if you're a Republican in California, don't waste your time. <laughs> like, you know, the, the Democrats are always winning in California. But um, you were talking about signaling. Yeah, I was talking when we were talking earlier. I was going to say the one counter to what I've just said would be that I consider my vote to be a signal. Um, so if I vote for the Libertarian Party, I'm signaling that those are the values that I hold. I know they're not going to win, but maybe I can signal to the conservatives. That they need to adopt more liberal or liberty oriented policies. <clears throat> um, and, and you can apply that across the spectrum. Um, I, at the same time, I would say I've also gone and spoiled my vote because I thought everybody that was an option was a joke. Okay. So, you know, I think it's important for the listener to understand how they're voting and what exactly that, how it's going to play out. But I think we labeled or called this episode principles over politics because 
There's so many terms thrown around, left, right, conservative, liberal. And we, I would say most people don't even know what those really mean. Right. Okay. Well, okay. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to define the terms to help you understand where you stand as a person and what your values are principally rather than politically. So let's start with left and right. So left is uh, broadly favoring a social reform and activist government. So the left would, you would say, usually aligns themselves with social reform and activist government. And then the right, they're broadly favoring social tradition and limited government. Yeah, and I was, uh, I'll put a link to this in the show notes page, but there's a textbook, uh, Key Concepts in Politics and International Relations by Andrew Haywood, uh, a UK textbook author. Um, he has this like two-page section on on all these terms, but the, the really high-level summary that I think most people should understand is the left supports interventions and collectivism and the right supports free market and individualism. Okay. And I would also add uh, JJ McCullough. He has a YouTube page and now I'm going to put it in the show notes. Uh, there was, he, was, he gave a really good breakdown of how the Canadian structure works. I just want to note that. Yeah, that was uh, what Darnell was studying for his test. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, he, he was teaching immigrants uh, to pass their citizenship test. So I'm like, man, I, I'm a citizen. I would have failed. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I think the other thing to recognize with left and right is that their origin is about being relative to where you are. So you can't compare left and right from one country to the next. That's a good point, Joel. Um, because you look at really socialistic countries like Venezuela. The left and the right are to the left of everybody in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But um, right. I th- there's, I think, you know, the next kind of thing I want to differentiate between would be liberal and conservative because those are most generally aligned with left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think what you said about the left uh, is like the, literally the first dictionary definition of liberal which is favor, favorable to progressive, progress or reform, as in political or religious affairs. Um, so for me, actually, to define a lot of these terms, just looking up the dictionary definition was probably the easiest way to, to try to convey what it means. Um, and then the conservative, as a contrast, um, is disposed to preserve existing conditions institutions or to restore traditional ones and to limit change so for me i take that as like conservatives want to do small incremental changes and the liberals want to like semi blow things up um, and make drastic changes okay so now define socialist versus free market um so socialism uh, again, I'm using dictionary definitions because it's just... No, 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 it's fine. Yeah, I think they're great. Um, is a theory or system of social organization that advocates the vesting of the ownership and control of the means of production and distribution of capital, land, etc. 
uh, in the community as a whole. So essentially collective ownership of, of the means of production. Um, I would also personally, I would, I generally associate that as wealth redistribution as in when people own capital today, in order to get to socialistic, you have to redistribute out of the more rich and into the more poor as a ownership perspective. And the free market um, is an economic system in which prices and wages are determined by the unrestricted competition between businesses without government regulation or fear of monopolies. So I think for me, I'm generally looking at, um, you know, is a policy socialistic in nature? Are we talking about wealth redistribution? Are we talking about collectivism trying to provide as a society through the government for a group of people um, versus free market, which is allow entrepreneurs to meet the needs of customers okay so can we say that the socialist perspective is also an economic principle oh absolutely i mean it has uh, economic implications right right okay that's good that's good that's helpful so now the authoritarian versus laissez-faire and i like why i think though that term is so important to define is Left and right was originally used from a, like a linear perspective of political policies. And that line was almost full authoritarian, which is like communist on one end and fascism on the other, and then slightly less authoritarian in the middle. And me being liber- liberty-oriented... I'm like, well, my viewpoint's not even on this spectrum. And so kind of bringing authoritarian and libertarian um, or and libertarian governments generally are very laissez-faire, which for anyone who doesn't know what that means, it's just simply the government does has a very laid back or lazy approach to managing the, the, the government or, or sorry, the managing the country. Small government. Yeah, very small government. Okay. Um, so the dictionary definitions of authoritarian and libertarian are um, so authoritarians favoring complete obedience or subjection to authority as opposed to individual freedom. And libertarian is a person who advocates liberty, especially with regard to thought or conduct. Um, so I think those two are really important to understand because we we lack the fundamental perspective of asking a question, should the government intervene? Should we leave this X policy, what it relates to, to individuals? Or do we actually think we require obedience and subjection to authority? Right. Okay. Now, we're going to look at the three main parties that are running. So we're going to give you guys a breakdown of, of where their values are and, and, and the things that they represent. Now, keep in mind, the parties are not defined in and of themselves. They're defined by their leaders. So it can change. So if you have principles that you already hold to, it's easier to navigate what's what, as opposed to being loyal to a party. Right? So, Absolutely. I mean, 
just on that note, I would say, look at the Liberal Party over the last 50 to 100 years. Mm -hmm. The Liberal Party was very much in line with liberty, right? Like, think of the whole gay marriage thing. It's like, get the government out of my bedroom, right? Don't tell me what to do. Bedroom. But but now, you know, they're, they're very much coming away from liberty oriented things right like the hate speech laws that's not liberty oriented that's the actual complete opposite they want to control they want to have an authoritarian perspective subjecting you to here's the things you can say here's what you can't say right so for the listener follow along and try to connect the dots based with the principles that we just just named and then we're going to start giving you more context with the group so the first one is the liberal party that main their main color is red so it's Justin Trudeau the modern liberal party portrays itself as a party that is fiscally responsible but socially progressive liberals are strongly supportive of unrestricted abortion lgbt rights and high rates of immigration it opposes right wingers who call for scaling back the cherished social programs such as universal health care and old age pensions uh, the next one is the what are we looking at the the PC the Progressive Conservative, which is blue is their main color, and their leader is Andrew Scheer. So Andrew Scheer is their new leader, and he favors low taxes, uh, smaller, less intrusive governments, strong regime of law and order, a strong military, and a respect for traditional values. The faction that holds generally traditionalist views on matters involving sex, gender, family, and human life. And finally, we have the NDP. And the NDP, is their main color is orange, right? And their leader is Jagmeet Singh. So Jagmeet Singh was elected in, uh, was, um, was elected, and he is uh, basically a charismatic former lawyer and the son of a Sikh immigrant from India. Uh, Singh is the first non-white, non-Christian person to lead a Canadian political party. The party is strongly backed by Canadian unions, academics, environmentalists, and social justice activists of all sorts. Uh, though his, he has pl- helped saddle the party with a reputation of being too far left, to gain traction beyond a small core base of supporters. Now, mind you guys, we didn't mention the Green Party or the uh, Le Bloc Quebecois. But that's because, I mean, time sensitive. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and most just, people are picking. Yeah, but, the, but these are the three main parties. But there, mm-hmm. are, there are other parties, but these were the no. three main parties. You'd be that shocked to see the list of actual parties. Like, it, there's, there's a pretty big list. I think... Um, in Ontario, every riding has at least five parties. Um, and mm-hmm. the, but we'll we'll get into the liber- the Ontario um, stuff yeah. in part two. Yeah. Now, mind you, so these guys are 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 the main leaders of that particular party. So if they have the most representatives uh, from the 338 ridings, then that person will become the prime minister, prime minister. which is Trudeau. Yeah, which is Trudeau. Uh, so the, these are the things that you, you have to keep in mind where you're like, well, 
you know, I'm voting for Ford or I'm voting for Wynn. Yeah, right? like it's funny you say that because, you know, I think I had a, a friend of mine that I was asking, like, what do you want to know about this show or from us? And one of the things he brought up was, you know, leadership versus principles, right? Because I mean, I read some of these principles, you know, for example, the liberals, um, where was it? That they are so uh, physically conservative. That's not true. <laughs> like the, you know, they might try to say, oh, we're going to get the ba- budget balanced. We're going to get it bu- balanced. But what did Trudeau say? The budget's going to balance itself. You know, they, they value their progressive ideas and then we're just going to worry about the money later. And we see that. I mean, Ontario's been liberal for how many years and we have a greater governmental debt than California. Our per capita is literally double what California has per person. Mm-hmm. And, and, and okay, so then why should that matter to the voter? Well, there's two sides of it. In, you know, the person is, I mean, I would say, look at the US. Donald Trump didn't have better policies. He had put on a better show. Like he got elected because he said what some people want to say. Now, some people will try and tell you it's because he was racist and he appealed to all the racists, but that's for a different conversation. But I think, if anything, the situation with Trump and Hillary was much like um, Trudeau and Harper. So I believe if Harper had to step down and put someone else in his place, the conservatives would have won. Harper lost that election because people hated him. He'd been in the face of the country for too long. Mm-hmm. He was trying to ru- he was trying to set a record for having his legacy solidified, and his arrogance got in the way. And a drama teacher who <laughs> has almost no political experience had a better face to put it in front of one party over the other. So Trudeau didn't really win. Harper lost. And similarly, I would say the same thing about the U.S. Right. Hillary Clinton lost the election because. She got the least amount of women's votes, you know? So, I mean, I look at, you know, the way you described these parties and, and I would say, you know, the NDP is clearly hardcore socialist. They're, you know, off the radar socialist to the point that there's a reason why they have minimal following. You know, socialism with our parents' generation had lost all of its clout. Nobody wants to... Nobody wanted to go near it because the socialist countries were falling like crazy, especially when you look at communism as like the authoritarian extreme of socialism. Um, and I mean, I don't like, to be honest, I don't like most of the, the, the platforms or the, the ideals that all of these, these parties are attributing to because it's all about, oh, here's what the government's going to do for you. Okay. Or so what's your two cents? My two cents is that, you know, look back to the 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 principles that we laid out. And for me, the biggest ones are free market socialism versus socialism and liberty versus authority or authoritarian government versus liberty. 
government. So if we start looking at policies through that lens, looking at parties through that lens, do I want more government intervention in my life? Do I want, do I think paying taxes for everybody is bet makes us better off? Do I think, you know, i.e. wealth redistribution makes us better off? Or do I think entrepreneurs create so you know, um, goods to be cheaper they create customers having their needs met more like the whole thing about that free market definition was not fearing monopolies the government is a monopoly so we're trying to make it as big as possible when you vote for people who want to grow their budget so you know for me it's like every single policy every single party when they put out their platform are they infringing on my liberty and when I say my liberty, I mean to live my life without infringing on other people's liberty. Okay. Now, that's, that's a good point, Joel. And even now, I wrestle with it as a Christian. I, it's important to understand that the Bible does not give us instructions on how to vote, but it gives us commands to be good citizens. That means being an advocate of change through voting. The government is an imperfect means of grace to imperfect people. It is your, it is our moral responsibility to learn um, what are good social economic principles for our specific political context and execute them by voting. Well said. And that's my two cents because Darnell said so. Okay. Apparently we're going to have a WWE session after the mics go off. You heard me? Does that make sense? Madden and Mitchell Media.